The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. It is Friday night on WTMJ Nights, 855-616-1620. Um, somebody telling me I am not an honest man because I didn't turn in the guy who stole the diapers. Yeah, he ran out the door. What am I going to do? I'm not going to chase him, you know? Tell somebody they're not going to, uh, you know, my moral conduct. Uh, I lower my moral conduct. No, I don't. Uh, I never say I'm better than anybody else. I just say that uh, it's not, wasn't my place. I made a decision. Uh, if he was stealing something else, still, I'm not going. I'm not going to risk my safety for a package of diapers. Um, wow. So Lynn saying I'm not a nice guy. I'm causing everything to go up in price. Hey Lynn, I didn't steal the diapers. How about that? So you can, uh, you know. You can sit in judgment. That's great. I really don't answer to you. Um, but, you know, you do what you want. Um, yes, I am a live radio talk show host. <laughs> All right. Justin, yes. I love the text line. The old <laughs> National Bank talking text line. I love the judgment that comes raining down from above. Uh, I also like to talk about... People not doing quite the right thing. If you've ever played sports, you've probably had all different kind of coaches. Uh, you've had coaches that were caring and nurtured you in a certain way. And then you have coaches that were caring, but they also were a little rougher around the edges. And maybe you were unfortunate enough to have lunatic coaches who just went way over the line. I'm wondering if you've had an experience with a coach who you think pushed it too far, who either ruined your love of a sport, um, causing you to end participation in that, a coach who may or may not have ha hampered your progress to what might have been something more. Maybe it was... Anyway, it wasn't going to be to the pros or to uh, a D1 college, but maybe from JV to varsity or maybe to a D3 college and because of the way they were on you and they didn't help you that you'd missed out on that scholarship. The reason I ask is because we hear these stories a lot, and there's another story, this one out of Texas, about a high school football coach who had to resign after an investigation found that he hit two football players with a wooden handle. Now, I thought those days were long gone, but I guess not in Texas where high school football is a religion. Uh, Seth Hobbs stepped down as the head football coach at Mineral Wells High School after a school district investigation found that he had struck the players with a broom or mop handle. The handle is attached to a Nerf football used for drills. The incident took place uh, in April. Other students were present in the locker room and witnessed the incident. An investigation quickly determined that the students were indeed struck by Coach Hobbs with the broom handle. Uh, he also served as the boys' athletic director. Uh, this is a town that's 50 miles west of Fort Worth, so small town in Texas. 
Incident was reported to law enforcement and uh, the Department of Family and Protective Services. District administration removed him from his coaching duties, um, but offered to honor a new two-year contract in a new role. <laughs> All right, listen. Um, you know, we can't have you can't have you coaching the boys anymore because you hit a couple with a stick. So uh, we got to move you out of there. But hey, we'll we'll honor your contract. We're going to have you teaching girls' health if that's okay. Uh, we're not going to have any brooms or sticks or anything in the room, so nothing could be there to uh, for you to get crazy with. Well, he turned down that reassignment. Um, there, Some of the students, of course, posted pictures on social media. It showed one of the kids uh, with a mark, and that's that. I, I can't fathom being that wound up as a coach that I'm going to hit a kid. Now, high school kids, especially football players, bigger, so maybe you forget that they're just kids and you're a lunatic because, you know, it doesn't say what the record for the team was, not that that's any excuse, but you might have a coach that knows his job is on the line. But what could a, what could a, a player do to get you so mad that you're going to hit them with a stick? And in this day and age, if you are that stupid, you deserve everything you get. Who? I. It was never okay to hit somebody with to hit for a person in charge, an adult, to hit a child that's not their own with a stick or a broom handle or a mop handle has never been okay. And the fact that I have to say it is because for a long time we treated it like it was okay. We watched coaches run players in some, a couple uh, extreme cases to death. We watched guys who were playing high school football at a freshman and sophomore level treated like they were trying out for the Packers, in, all in a misguided attempt to make them tougher, where now we're seeing, based on all evidence, from sports at every level, that that kind of practice is not not helping. You don't make a person a better athlete by denying them water during practice. You don't make a person a better athlete by physically punishing them. Now, you know, football is a tough sport. All sports are tough when you're training. But there's a difference between training hard and being abused by a psychotic coach. And I was lucky when I played sports, my coaches were decent, decent guys. You know, they would they were hard on us. They would for, push us. But the screaming was, you know, very minimal. Mostly like when we made a stupid mistake. Be like, what are you doing? That kind of stuff. It was never belittling. I watched... My daughter play softball and uh, water polo and even do marching, competitive marching band. And her coaches were tough, but, you know, it was a different generation then. And not that you have to be soft to be a football coach. I don't think that's the case either. I think you need to be stern. I think you need to have discipline. I think you need to run the drills and, and have the efficiency so the kids aren't getting hurt and are being successful. But when you cross the line like this, that's ridiculous. 
And I'm wondering if any of you were on teams that were competing at a high level. Like when you were in high school, were you going for state? And did that change how your coach acted? Were they one way and then when things got to crunch time, they got a little crazier? From the 262, I ran track and was a sprinter. I was the fastest runner in high school. Just before a state track meet, the coach ran us so hard, I cracked my tibia. Oh, no. There goes my shot at the state track meet. Crutches for a month. Ugh. Did the, I'm wondering if the coach ever took any responsibility for that or if they laid it all on the uh, on you. You know, it's your fault you broke it. It's just a fluke. It wasn't that we made you do this and this and this and that led to something. You would have broken your leg anyway. I wonder if that was their justification. I want to hear from you, athletes. How were you treated by your coaches? 855-616-1620. It's the old National Bank talking text line. It's WTMJ Knights. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Knights. Talking about coaches who act crazy. They yell, they scream. Uh, it all went from this story of a Texas high school football coach who hit two of his players with a broom handle. Um, if you were an athlete, did it really help? If you had one of those coaches who screamed and, and treated you horribly, was it effective? I don't see how it could be. We had a uh, texter before from the 262 who ran track and uh, said that the coach... Ran them so hard they cracked their tibias so they were not able to uh, compete for state. And I said, I wondered if the coach took any responsibility. Well, they texted back, uh, said he laid a guilt trip on me. He was more worried about team points and making himself look good. Never said, I hope you get better. He knew I was going into the Marines in August. Boy, this guy sounds like a piece of work. Uh, our coach from the 920, our coach would yell, scream, make homophobic remarks in the locker room. And at one game we had in Fond du Lac, he was so upset that uh, with the team that he put his fist through the uh, team Bluetooth speaker in the locker room. Nothing crazier than the sport of hockey. Well, I don't know if the sport was crazy, but that coach definitely was. That is, how, how does that motivate kids? Whether they're seniors in high school or six-year-olds playing t-ball. Were you ever in sports, Justin? Yeah, my, my entire life. I played every sport, play? every single sport. Every single sport? Yeah. Really? Well, Lacrosse? Okay, you got me there. Yeah, first <laughs> I one. Played, I, I didn't pl- even have to go. I didn't have to go. Uh, yeah, I played, I played baseball, football, hockey, basketball, track. Basketball was my main sport. In high school, it was basketball and uh, track. Wow. And did you, how were your coaches? Yeah, so I haven't had like a crazy, crazy coach. My brother has had a pretty crazy baseball coach. And my freshman basketball coach, he was he was the hardest coach I've ever had. But he's the best coach I've ever had. So there's there's something. I mean, that coach made us run till a kid would throw up. Like, it was the most I've ever ran in any sport. Um, he definitely worked this hard, but he never did anything like cruel. I'll say like he was always like right when practice ended, he was a, he was a friend to go to. He was an adult to go to for advice. Yeah. He was always there. So, but during practice, during games, he was definitely a scary man. 
Well, and I, I don't have any problem with that. I don't mind a coach who's going to make you run and going to work you to get the yeah, best out yeah. of you. Mm-hmm. But if he if he was chasing you and hitting you with uh, you know no, a stick have, to make you run faster, yeah, I have or yeah, nothing nothing like that, nothing that extreme. Yeah, if a kid passed out, if he was just going to leave him there, let him run. He's soft, you know, or not letting a kid you know, get water, whatever. That's that's extreme. But if a guy is just hard. Yeah, the, it, yeah. Know, the or, mo- or the woman. most intense that he would ever uh, get into was he's definitely thrown some kids out of practice before, and just like would kind of just yell at them for two minutes, humiliate them a little bit, and then just kick them out of practice. It's happened to me once actually. <laughs> um, like, how would he humiliate you? Would he? Okay, just... so here here's the whole here story. Here we go. Yeah, yeah share a, the story. A little trauma. So freshman year, I I actually broke my foot like right when the season started. So I came into the season like four like four weeks into the season I was finally healthy, and it was probably like my third practice and we were just doing some inbounds play, and I there was miscommunication between me and another teammate and basically I turned over the ball, and I kind of just like didn't hustle back on defense I was real pissed off at my teammate because he he was making me look bad but um. Yeah, so the, that was literally the last play of the practice. Coach brings us in a huddle to kind of just break us down. And then he's, like, running through some stuff. And then he's just like, where is he? I knew this was going to happen. Like, I knew this was coming. I, so I, like, pretended to tie my shoes, if that, like, makes sense. If you can, like, kind of picture me, I'm outside the huddle. Like, I knew it was coming. So I, like, <laughs> pretended to tie my shoes so, like, maybe he didn't see me. And he's he's literally like, where is he? Where is he? And then he, see, he? And then he sees me. My head, like, peeks up. And he's like, you. You messed up the play, all this stuff. Like, he just, his face was turning red. My face was turning pink because I was embarrassed. And then he just he just threw me out of the gym. Like, he's he, I wasn't the first wow. kid he's done this to. I was probably, like, the fifth on the year he's thrown a kid out. But practice was ending anyway. So, like, everyone came into the locker room, like, five minutes later. But now, okay, so that happens. I was Does I was it, terrified. It honestly kind of oh, ruined. Sure. It ruined. I wouldn't say it ruined my season, but when I was on the court, I was more worried about impressing my coach and not letting oh. him down rather than playing the game itself. So I was yeah. very timid for the rest of the year, but. I don't know how I can phrase it that he actually was the best. Like I learned the most, and I definitely got the better, the the most. I increased my skill the most that freshman year. So really, even yeah. though even though you you also admittedly say that he kind of he negatively affected your season. Yeah, I I don't know how to explain it. I wasn't I wasn't a starter that year, so that that also I didn't play as much as like a starter would. But so when I got in there, I wanted to just do everything perfectly, and most of the time I honestly did. Like I was, I was a good player. I was a yeah. smart player. But I was, well, I was, de- I, was de- I was definitely timid. And during practice, that was probably when I was the most timid. Mm-hmm. Oh man! Now did he? Did he have notice that? Did was there any? No, no, he like, didn't. Hey, Justin, no, he you know. he didn't. I mean, and he shouldn't have. Like that's not something. That's not like his job. Like that was honestly me just kind of being a little weenie. <laughs> but um <laughs> but yeah, and then I played one more season of basketball after that and then I was was, I, he your I, coach I, that I, year too? I was done. No, my coach my coach was honestly the worst coach I've ever had sophomore year. He just 
He didn't wow. really he didn't really know the game as much as my freshman year coach. Okay. And that was it. Man. Well, it's, you know, that that's I don't know how to that's a, such a weird dichotomy that you lay out that he was your your best coach and yet from the situation yeah. it doesn't sound that way. It yeah, no, like- and it it definitely didn't help cuz at the start of the year like summer tryouts all that stuff he he worked us like we did we didn't I don't think we touched the basketball for the first two weeks like it was just defensive slides and su oh, like man. the suicides you know just up and down you you, you know the, Gene the Hackman drill. and Hoosiers <laughs> yeah literally literally <laughs> um so yeah we we knew but uh, I, I guess I, I don't know as the season went on like everything obviously got much better I felt more comfortable with myself but after that happened in practice for the next month or so I was a very timid player for sure. Oh man, I hated running suicides. Yeah, that 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 was the worst. Mm-hmm. And our our gym as freshmen, our gym was on the fourth floor of our school. Super hot. Yeah, yeah. super hot, and we had to run all the way up the four flights of stairs. And then we had to run suicides. It was like, <laughs> and then that walk down those stairs are probably the worst thing in the world. Oh, wa- walk? What are you? Laying down on the job? No, we had to run <laughs> down the stairs, then back across the parking lot to the main gym where Gotta the locker rooms were. Gotta love it. Well, you don't have to, but <laughs> you do it. You know, it's it is uh, it's crazy. It's just crazy. But that's uh. That's that's sports. That's what we sign up for. All right, let's do this. Then it's almost news time. It's WTMJ Nights. It's Brian Newton, WTMJ Nights, 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank Talk text line. That's how you get a hold of us. We were talking about coaches for not pros. We're talking high school, grade school, and if these coaches are acting ridiculous, Screaming, yelling, banging, throwing things. If it really is effective for your kids. Dennis is in Milwaukee. He wants to uh, chime in on this. Hi, Dennis. Thanks for hanging on. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Hey, here's the story. My my two sons uh, were on the same high school baseball team together, okay? Um, they had played club baseball all the way through grade school up till high school. So they're, they're fairly proficient. Uh, my Older son Daniel, he could play every every spot on the field except catcher. And my younger son Samuel, he uh, he played every position. Okay, so they're playing Brookfield Central, and they're out at Central, and they they went to Hale. And at the beginning of the game, they recognized the first baseman was one of the guys they played hockey with. Okay, so Sam Sam says to Dan, "Hey, let's have some fun with Leaf. Every time he comes up the bat, just you know, hit him in the tush." Okay. So, so that was one part of what was going on. So right. we get to the third inning, and my uh, my son's got got a kid at an O two count. There's two outs, nobody on, and uh, he puts a ball right down the middle of the plate, and the cut, the kid just crushes it, short hops the fence. Okay, but he gets the next kid out, no harm, no foul. Fast forward to the sixth inning, he's got the exact same set of circumstances. We're ahead in the game, O two count again, nobody on, you know two out, and the coach, before he could throw his next pitch, comes out of the dugout, and he screams out at my son on the mound, this guy better get nothing to hit. This pitch better be unhittable. And my son just kind of looked at him, 
he looked in at his brother, you know, kind of shrugged his shoulders, went into his windup, and he proceeded to throw the pitch halfway up the backstop. Everybody <laughs> <laughs> in the crowd started laughing hysterically. <laughs> they couldn't believe it. And my younger son, he turns to the umpire, gets the ball, he goes out on the mound. They both turned their backs to the coach, and all you saw were their shoulders going up and down as they were laughing. <laughs> oh, now but I got to ask, yet, how did this? The game, at, the, at, yeah. at the end of the game, it's even better yet. So they're going through the line, and at least asked Sam, hey, were you guys throwing at me today? And Sam said, no, nah. you saw how wild he was. <laughs> <laughs> now, what did the coach do after this? Because I got I to gotta imagine well, that after they embarrassed him, he was not happy. Okay, so the, they were the um, sectionals. And Danny was probably one of the best pitchers. You know, and Sam was a good player also. So they were in his doghouse. He didn't even start them for sectionals against, um, God, who were they playing? Uh, Tosa East. And uh, they had beat Tosa East twice before with Dan pitching. And uh, they ended up losing the game. It didn't go on any further. Um, so it, that, that whole decision to, you know, to try to teach them a lesson actually backfired on them as well. But Yeah, well, it doesn't sound crazy, like he was the, uh, the brightest bulb, if you know what I'm saying. Well, he fancied himself a real you know sophisticated coach, but... Sure. Well, I think a lot of those coaches are very frustrated athletes. Dennis, thanks for holding on. Thanks for sharing the story. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Uh, Yeah, that's that's just too much. And, you know, for the majority, the vast majority of high school athletes, that's as far as they're going to go. So, yes, you want to win, of course. You want them to play well, of course. But... Keep it in check. You know, you can you can win and be strong and strict and disciplined without also coming off like a bully or an insane person. Speaking of high school kids, Justin, you are much closer to high school and going into college than I am. Um, how many colleges did you apply to when you were going? Uh, this might, yeah, you might be asking the wrong person. I, I knew I was going to Kansas since I was little. Oh, that um, was it. You just, well, no, that's, that's okay. No, you, yeah, you, but, but I still applied for two other schools. So three schools. Yeah. Three in three in total. Well, my mom just kind of wanted me to apply to other schools. She but, didn't want you to go to Kansas or she, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I kind of, I like, obviously she loves it, but I feel like at the time, maybe she did. She didn't want me to. Wow, did she want you to apply to places closer to home? Yeah, she she wanted me to apply to Western Michigan. I, I don't know why, but so yeah, it was. Ooh, that's strange. It, right. it was there, uh, Kansas, Louisville, and um, Bowling Green. Yeah. Wow. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't apply to too many. I think I applied to uh, one, two, three, maybe four. It was, I think uh, I think that's average. Yeah, like five yeah. schools. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I saw this today, and it's a kid from New Orleans. He's a 16-year-old senior. He skipped two two years of high school. He's got a 4.98 GPA, graduated two years early, uh, started applying to schools in August of 22. And he didn't intend to set any records, but he just kept applying, kind of wanting to see what, was, what he was going to do. He ended up applying and being accepted 
to over 185 colleges. He was offered more than $10 million in scholarship offers. And he today announced that he is going to go to Cornell. He wants to pursue computer science and to later move on to practice software development. Um, so he said he just he started, and then he said, as I applied to more schools, as my numbers went up, with the financial aid and acceptances into universities, I became intrigued. And so he wanted to see where else he could get into and what else he could do. And uh, then he found out he was close to the record for the most schools applied to, and he decided to just keep going. And he decided to go to Cornell because um, the university is the best Ivy League school for engineering. He also wanted to attend a school that would set him up for success and would give himself a quality education, and he wanted to get out of New Orleans because as much as he loves New Orleans, he said he wanted to uh, experience new things and see things that he had not seen before. That right there is an overachiever. I Show off. I, yeah, that's a flex. You know, I got <laughs> I applied to a I got accepted everywhere I applied. Oh, how many places you apply? 185. I listen. I'm joking when I say I didn't even know there were 185 colleges and universities. Uh, I know there are, but he must not have left, left too many off the list. I wonder if Kansas was on his list. Probably could have been a rock, rock chalk Jayhawk. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I, I'm betting SIU was not on his list. That's my alma mater. Um, Salukis. But yeah, that's I. You know that to to get out of school at sixteen to be going into college, that's a little that's going to be rough. I think, right? It's hard enough for a lot of people to go away to college at eighteen. Sixteen is very young because you you're farther away from. That's five years from the drinking limit, 21. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's five years from the drinking age. And, okay, we can take the drinking age out of it. Uh, a 19-year-old is still more socially adept, more mature. Now, this kid, uh, Dennis Barnes is his name. He's obviously got a lot of things going for him. He was in middle school like a year and a half ago. <laughs> right, and now he's going to college. Think about the maturity difference between a 16-year-old and... And even a sophomore in college, because if you're living in the dorms, you're going to meet freshmen and sophomore. You're going into classes. You're going to meet all kind of age students. And it's like Doogie Hauser almost, you know? Now, if I'm his parents, I'm very proud of him. I'm thinking this is great. But I would have a, a moment's hesitation about sending him off to do this, you know? It sounds like he's a kid who can handle it. But... That's young to go to college. 16. Barely can drive. And he's going up to Ithaca, New York, where I'm guessing if you don't have a car, you're, you're stuck. I've never been up there. It sounds like it's very cold and uh, not much else going on other than Cornell. And that's fine. You know anything about Cornell basketball? I know you're a, a deviant uh, gambler. Yeah, a little bit. How's, uh, how's the sports there? Uh, not not, not too well. Not too good, okay? Yeah. So he's not going to have that to look forward to. I got a feeling he's going to be in the library a lot, in the computer <laughs> lab. And that's not a slam. I wish I had had that kind of uh, dedication. I did not. But, you know, that's the difference between me and a guy who uh, gets into 185 colleges. And 
There's got all right. Just think of how much that costs. Because there's some that are on the common the common app, you know. So you pay one, you can you can apply to a bunch. But you still have to pay something for all of that. But I guess if you're getting full scholarships, it doesn't matter. If you're offered up to, you know, out of 185 colleges, your total is $10 million in finance scholarships. You're probably not worried about the uh, the application fee. So good for him. Because I, I've been talking to friends of mine whose kids are starting college. And I forget because it's been, uh, let's see, when did my daughter start college? Eight years ago. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. It is so stressful nowadays. If you're if you're a parent of a high school junior or especially a senior, because May first was the day you had to make your final decisions. That was a day. You know, if you get into all these whatever colleges you get into, you have to decide by May first if you're going, if you're accepting the financial aid, all that stuff. And I was talking to a, a friend of mine whose son actually got a scholarship, uh, full ride. But part of the scholarship was that they got to decide what school you went to based on how many scholarships they gave out. And they have a network of colleges that accept this guy. It's the Evans Scholarship. for uh, It's a caddy scholarship. And I know one of the schools he was looking at was Marquette, and there were some others. Um, but the commission gets to choose where you're going based on how many kids they have at that school. Uh, sometimes with state schools, they give preference to in-state students, you know, for those schools and whatnot. Point being, he got a full ride, but it ended up to the school that was his last choice. And the only reason he ha he put that school down was because as a resident, they had to put this state school, uh, you know, as one of their choices. And the stress that they that he's been under, even though it's been a great ex, it's a great experience, and he, you know, very grateful that he got the scholarship. The pressure they put on at school. He goes to a uh, a Jesuit high school, and they're all you know everybody's pushing for you know oh where are you going? You going out east? You doing this? You doing that? And because he's going to this state school now, you know, he was embarrassed. And I, I was like, boy, that that kind of reminded me, um, reminded me of me being in high school, where where I went, I went to a Jesuit high school, also, uh, and it was very, oh, you have to go to the East Coast, because it was a college prep this high school, and I don't say that as a flex. I had no choice to go, whether to go there or not. Um, I got in. And that's where my parents wanted me to go. And 14, you go where your parents tell you to go. So that's where I was. Uh, and everything was geared toward, you know, prestigious universities. So I applied. Um, the closest I got to prestigious university was Syracuse. Uh, I got accepted there. But I wanted to go into radio and television. And after visiting, I decided to go to Southern. And there was... Boy, they were not. I was the I was the graduate who they weren't really bragging about, you know, because I was just going to a state school and not even U of I. I was going to, you know, mm, the party school. So the pressure on kids kids is nuts. If you have a high school senior and this was a tough time for you, I'd love to hear 
how you dealt with it. Because I think in our society, we have built this up that you have to go to a good college, quote-unquote good college. And the pressure on these kids to do well has outgrown really its usefulness. We all, Listen, you should work hard in school. You should try to get good grades. You should be involved in extracurriculars. But you also should know if you didn't get in to your first choice college, it is not the end of the world. You're going you're gonna to be fine. I firmly believe that kids end up where they're supposed to be. And at, you know, 18 or 17, you're not sure where you're supposed to be yet. You think you want to go to this school for any number of reasons. But you know what? If you end up at another school, that's going to be just fine, too. Uh, and it, it and it works out. But I want to know your experiences. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. More after this. WTMJ Nights. Brian Nooner, WTMJ Nights. It is prom season. Things have gotten completely out of control. Promposals, people spending thousands to try to get somebody to go to the, the dance with them. Uh, did you go to prom, Justin? I did go to prom. Yes. Is it uh, the same lady that you're still dating? It is not. This was not. Uh, my high school girlfriend. Yeah, we high went to prom. sweetheart, sure. Did you, uh, were you of the age of the promposal, or did you just walk up to, a, to this, well, it was your girlfriend, and say, hey, you want to go to prom? Yeah, no, we, you had to do a little creative, little ask. Did you really? Uh-huh. What did you do? Oh, what did I do? I can't remember if no, no, yeah, this is what I did. It was, it was like all cute and sappy because she was my girlfriend, so I felt like right. I had to let like, go over the top. Um, so I just did. I think I, me and her sister, her sister helped me out. I like inflated all these balloons in her room, like a like a hundred balloons in her room, and each balloon had like. A little string, you know, on the balloon, and then on that string, it was like a picture of me and her, just like... So every single balloon basically had a picture of oh us God. together, yeah. And then on the ground, it said, like, prom, spelled out in, like, one of the, like, the plastic candles, you know? Wow. There's like, yeah. yeah. That's a lot. It, it sounds like a lot, but I think it was, like, 30 bucks I spent, yeah. Yeah, but just the effort. Yeah. For somebody you were already dating. Yeah, this That's was, um... That's what I find odd. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. It's, I see when I went to and I did go to prom. It was horrible because <laughs> uh, the girl I was dating and I broke up a week before prom, and we still went to prom. That's super awkward. That was horrible. Was it? Bad was it? Decision. Was it more of like you guys were just like it was already locked in, like too late to like yeah, say we, no. Yeah, we were already set. She had bought her dress. Uh, we broke up, and she said, "Are we still going to prom?" And like a dork. I said yes. Uh, <laughs> most uncomfortable night, and then it was a whole weekend. Well, I'm sure because... you. Well, I'm sure you got like you went with your friends, obviously, right? Yeah. And did she have friends like girlfriends from your friends? No, not really. Oh, okay, so now that's weird. And the whole time I'm there, I wanted to be with this other girl. That uh, yeah, that, that all happened. And then afterwards, we go uh, to somebody's house. The following morning, we all end up at my parents' house because we were going out to one of the guys' 
that his parents had a lake house and we were doing a big beach day kind of thing the day after prom but we all had stopped there were like 30 kids 40 kids at my parents house for breakfast and then and the, so I'm with her the whole weekend and we had broken up and it oh my god it was it was the dumbest thing I've ever done <laughs> but we didn't have to do promposals we were just you know and but my daughter she did get a promposal I don't think it was like an over-the-top thing. I, I can't remember exactly what it was. But uh, she went to prom and then never saw the guy again. So, I, I oh, man, I, I don't have a good uh, good vibe for prom. And I remember being in it in that age thinking, oh, everybody's got to go to prom, right? you got to go to prom. And there were friends of mine who didn't. And at the time, I thought, what a bunch of losers. And now I'm like, those guys made the absolute right decision. You do not have to go to prom. Unbelievable. Uh, but, yeah, good luck, uh, parents. If you are, you know, at least with boys, you get to rent a tux, which used to be more economical, but now it's a couple hundred bucks uh, to rent a tux. And then you've got to buy, if you have a daughter like we did, every year, junior, senior, um, you have to buy new dresses because, you keep, God forbid, you can't wear the same dress to a couple different proms. That's insane. And then you pay all this money. She wears a dress once. I think in the basement, we still have a couple prom dresses uh, all bagged up and hanging there. I don't know what we're going to do with them because I know if she ever has a daughter, that kid's not going to wear her prom, her mom's prom dress. All right, well, that's uh, me lamenting. Hey, if you're going to a baseball game, you might be shelling out some big bucks. We'll talk about hot dog and beer prices around the league and so much more. We'll do that after the news, which comes your way after this on WTMJ Nights. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Welcome back. Oh, glad you're with us. 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talk and text line. If you want to get involved in the program, we'd love to have you. We're here until 855. 40, and then it is Brewers baseball. The Brewers are in San Francisco taking on the Giants. All the action starting at 840 here on WTMJ. That means uh, I know, Justin, you're hoping for extra innings tonight. You would love this. <laughs> that is the last thing that I need. <laughs> West Coast games are hard. For, uh, for and this this is a later West K oh, West Coast game too. Like this is sometimes we'll get like an eight oh eight ten something like that start time. Yeah. This is like nine ten. Yeah, I don't know. I I never understand how uh, Major League Baseball schedules their games, but that's the way it goes. So uh, all the action right here. All right, we were talking about prom before, and Justin had a lovely experience at prom. Did you do the whole limo dinner, the whole kind of thing? Yes. Yes. So that was very nice. Uh, my prom experience, much, much different. Mike and Whitewater jumped in. Boys, believe it or not, I was elected prom king 40 years ago. Nice flex, Mike. And went to the prom with the elected prom queen, a six-foot blonde. A lot of flexes, don't you think, uh, Justin, in this text? Six-foot blonde. So with heels, she's probably like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, yeah. Very nice. Wow, you you got a girl in high heels. <laughs> I, I like the way you think. Yeah, if they're going to be in heels, they got to be at least five-inch heels. Anything else is ridiculous. Um, so Mike, uh, Mike goes as the prom king with the prom queen. The biggest concern was paying for an expensive dinner for both of us as I was broke. 
Uh, that was Fall Creek High in Wisconsin. Yeah, that was that was always the thing. It's like now we didn't. I, I didn't do the. Uh, I didn't do the limo and things like that. Most like back when I went to prom, nobody did that. You didn't. You didn't rent a limo. You didn't do this. Like I drove my parents' station wagon, picked up my date, then picked up a buddy and his date. And we also didn't do the thing where all the parents gather at somebody's house and take pictures. Yeah, that was that's a big thing. I know, and I don't understand it. And I don't like, think I don't think parents, we had a limo. I think our parents drove us. Like okay. I think I think that's what we did. But the pictures that's the like probably the biggest thing of the night, honestly. Oh, that was when my daughter went to prom, that was a huge thing. They yeah. had to, you know, scope out where it was gonna be. Yeah, you need the whole then, location. Mm-hmm. Yes, and everybody had to be there and it was you know and it took forever and then you're forced to make small talk with people you don't know yeah. uh, while your kids are hobnobbing. And uh, yeah, but when I went, like and my brothers too, I don't think my parents had any pictures of us going to prom unless the girl we dated uh, gave us a picture after because we would you'd go you'd pick up your date their parents would take a couple pictures uh, very awkward in the the you know the foyer or in the living room in front of the fireplace wherever it was and uh, then you'd go off to prom now it's like everybody's getting married and I'm like, you you're just going to a dance that you know. Who knows what's going to happen, but you're going to go to a dance. Probably it's not going to live up to the hype, and then you'll be all upset, and you'll regret it for the rest of your life. But, yeah, she didn't – I don't think my – did my daughter have a limo? I don't think my daughter had a limo either. I think her uh, her date just picked her up. And then, of course, we met them at the – had to be at a forest preserve with uh, a babbling brook behind for all the pictures. Wait, all right, whatever. Um so, and then, uh, like she, I, I think she had, did you have one of those, uh, like after parties at school, like a shut in or a lock in or a lockdown or whatever they call we, it? We, so now that, uh, now that I'm remembering all this, we, we like, you have your prom like at school, right? I kind of yeah. remember like not even going to that. I think we were there for under an hour and then we would we left <laughs> to go do our own thing and I think that's like what most people did. Um okay. yeah, so like we went to the city. I remember yeah, after that I think we went to the city. We had like our parents pick us up with it like you and your date and then we went to the city and I forgot how we got home. I think maybe that's where the limo came in. Maybe we got some sort wow. of like big not a limo but like a party bus. I think yeah, yeah. I think that's what we probably did, um, but yeah, we went to the city. We said we 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 skipped that uh, the school dance. See, we went. Ours was our prom was at a hotel. Okay. So you know, in like a ballroom. So we we all went there, and it was dinner and everything. So it was all self contained, which is how they used to be. You didn't have to. You know, other dances it would be like, oh, let's go out. You know, you got to go out to dinner and then you go to the dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this prom, it was all all self-contained so we didn't have to worry about it and now uh you know it, it was easier i i don't understand how what i think it was for this evolution of silliness is that parents who either really had a great time at prom or really had a horrible time at prom decided that when their kids were going to prom, it was going to be fantastic. And their kids would have no regrets and they were going to make it. So 
Every little girl felt like she was getting married, and every little boy felt like he was Prince Charming. And it's like, oh my God, it's just an awkward dance where boys are rented or wearing rented pants. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. But uh, and I know that sounds like sour grapes. Uh, no, I don't mind kids having prom. I think it's I think it's nice to have prom. I just think, as like a lot of things, we've completely lost our minds. And made things made things way way more important than they really needed to be. Uh, from the four one four, so I went to Quigley South, which technically was a seminary. Yes, it was in the uh, in the Catholic League, Quigley South. I played basketball against them, so I went to Ignatius. But we could have something called a spring social. Hello, my brother lent me his huge land yacht, Monte Carlo. Afterward, we went to the consort restaurant where Franz Bentler would serenade you on violin. Wow. That's, that's something. That sounds, like, that sounds like an old school dance. Would you want to drive a big old Monte Carlo to a dance and then get serenaded by a violin, Justin? <laughs> you don't know what you're missing. If you say no, sounds I can nice. tell you. Those big cars, that was, you know, those were nice if you wanted to, you know, they had the big bench seats. You know, so if you wanted your girlfriend or boyfriend or partner or whatever to slide over, your girlfriend to slide over next to you, it had the big seat. You could put your arm around her and cruise down the boulevard. Wasn't these bucket seats with a big console in the middle? No, no. You could just slide right over. And especially if they're in like a chiffon dress, you take a cord too fast, they'd slide right over anyway. It's like, hello, ladies. Uh, man, that's, I, it's a different time, Justin. I know right now you're embarrassed for me because you're thinking, hey, man. That's not how you. That's that's not how you treat a woman. Was it? I, all I'm saying is, you know, you like to put your arm around your girlfriend when you're driving. Uh, Racine has the best prom ever. All schools get together at one venue, and they motor they are motorcaded by the police. That sounds pretty cool. I like that. Now that would be fun. All right. If you want to weigh in on prom, we'll take those calls. I love to hear about them at eight five five six one six one six twenty. Good or bad. So far, it sounds like everybody was having a good prom, Justin included. Uh, I may be the only one who did not have a picture-perfect prom. If that's the case, so be it. But uh, if you want to share your stories, cool. If not, we're going to take we're going to take a quick break, and then we got to get back because it is baseball season, as you know. And if you're going to a ballpark, whether it's uh, American Family or any other ballpark. You might want to know what you're going to drop just for a hot dog and a beer and where you can get the best deals. Talk about all of that and so much more. It is WTMJ Nights. Yeah. Big old stranger in a black sedan. That's where you drive to prom. Big black sedan. I had a uh, old custom cruiser station wagon. Metallic powder blue with wood, wood paneling. Ooh. Man, I was styling. That's right. There's a flex for you, Justin. Ooh. Driving that Oldsmobile station wagon. Sound that sounds like a pretty pretty ride. Oh, it was sweet. <laughs> no, but it got listen, it got me from here to there, and uh that was that. I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it at all. Oh my goodness. I gotta go to some baseball games this year, but I also have to save up. To uh, you know, if I want to have anything to eat or drink, you know, every year we talk about how expensive things get, and uh, sometimes I wonder when it's going to stop, 
I'm sure you do too. You're like, how high can things go? Well, um, USA Today just put out a list of all 28 uh, or all, all Major League Baseball parks except for two. Uh, the Cubs in Chicago with their food management company, Levy Restaurants, would not provide pricing information. And the Tampa Bay Rays, also represented by Levy Restaurants, uh, would not participate in this. But 28 stadiums did, and there's good news and bad news for Brewers fans. They were looking just at hot dogs, regular hot dogs, and beer. And because the beer prices varied so much because of uh, 12-ounce cans or 16-ounce cans or draft beers or whatever, they priced the beer out by the ounce. So it's it used to be a hot dog and a beer was, you know, that was a staple pretty much at a game. And now, you know, some people it's like, well, let's, let's budget it in. But if you're looking for a hot dog, the cheapest hot dogs are in Miami. Those are only 3 bucks. Now, I'm wondering if that's, you know, a tiny little hot dog or a halfway decent sized hot dog whatever but anyway it's only 3 bucks that's not bad the brewers not too far behind they are in uh fourth place with $4 hot dogs the mariners also have $4 hot dogs $4 hot dog okay at a game i get it that's fine the braves are 3.99 the twins are 3.99 so basically $4 but they put that three in there, and it's like, oh, I've been getting it for less than four bucks. Yeah, a penny. Do the math. Um, all right. Where do you think the most expensive hot dogs would be, Justin? Uh, let's do let's uh, let's do Arizona, the D backs. Arizona Cardinals. Oh no! Or no, the Diamondbacks. Arizona Diamondbacks. Yes. No, they're no. thinking football. No, they no. are not. No. But. Uh, if you were to head to uh, the game tonight, if you're flying out after the show to try to catch the last few innings of the uh -huh. Brewers at Giants, hot dog at the Giants, seven seventy five. I knew it had to be a West Coast team. I was feeling yes. West Coast. Mm -hmm. Well, but the most expensive is not the Giants. Uh. Baltimore Orioles, the most expensive hot dog in baseball, eight and a quarter. Oh no. For a hot dog. Not what? a hot dog dipped in gold leaf. Not a hot dog with a beer chaser. Just a regular old hot dog on a bun. Eight and a quarter. Then it's Oakland. The St. Louis, Oakland, 779. The Cardinals, 775. The Giants, 775. And the Padres, 775. Hmm. That's, I, I can't, I couldn't eat a hot dog. That yeah. I paid seven seventy five for. I just couldn't. That makes the nine and nine challenge much more difficult too. <laughs> oh yeah, you can't. What's it? Eight to, seventy two bucks for hot dogs for your challenge? Not even counting the beer. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Because what are you going to rinse it down with? You got to have a beer. <laughs> that's no. All right. So that's not. Uh, that's not going to work. Going out. All right. I'm passing up those clothes. In good kind. Now I could eat a four dollar hot dog. That'd be fine. You know, but. Double that? Forget about it. Um, if you're heading down to the south side of Chicago, White Sox 549 for a hot dog. Still a little much. I thought Yankee Stadium would be much more expensive. They're only 599 for a hot dog. Uh, Fenway Park, six and a quarter. Comerica Park, 629. It's a hot dog. I know I keep saying that because I'm just I'm incredulous that it's just a hot dog. The Mariners are also at four dollars. 
Then it goes up to uh, Cleveland at 450. All right, let's get to the most important part: the beer. Now we had good news. Good news for the Brewers when it came to their hot dogs. Not quite as good news when it comes to the beer. Um, the cheapest, and again, this is per ounce. The Mariners have the cheapest beer option at $0.33 cents an ounce. That's for their 12-ounce cans, which are $4. That's I'm good with that. I'm good with a $4, a $4 can of beer and a uh, $4 hot dog. It's not, I'll, you know, I could deal with that. Not going to go crazy. Then the five cheapest options are the Braves, $0.42 cents an ounce, the Twins and the Marlins at $0.42 cents an ounce, and the Blue Jays at uh, $0.47. Cents. All right. I'll tell you, Justin, the most expensive team for beer. I want you to try to guess for a 16-ounce can what you would pay if you went to see the Los Angeles Dodgers at the Chavez Ravine at Dodger Stadium. What would you pay for a 16-ounce can of beer? Oh, at a ballpark? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm 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 like expect expecting to pay a little more. I'd say, I don't know, like 10 bucks. <laughs> oh, you sweet naive young man. Oh jeez. <laughs> 10 bucks. Try 15.99. Okay, yeah, I'm 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 literally looking it up as you're uh as you're saying this and I see this. Yeah, 15.99. I would 15.99. That's that's for that's ridiculous. Mhm. And we lived out in L.A. I went to a lot of Dodgers games. They have a very good Dodger dog. That is ridiculous. But fifteen ninety nine, uh, they cost thirty cents more per ounce than any other team. That's a full course meal you're paying for. Yeah, and, <laughs> and people are leaving in the seventh inning. I know that's like a stereotype, but it's true. Everybody in L.A. leaves at the seventh inning because they want to beat traffic. Uh, the second most expensive beer is sixty nine cents. That's uh, shared by. Well, six teams, including the Brewers, the Tigers, the Reds, the White Sox, the Padres, and the Orioles. But, um, I, see, again, I can, I can understand because they, they asked some, some of the, uh, the restaurant people and the ballpark people, well, why, how are they set? How do they set these food prices? Because it seems every year they go up. And I know, I know everything's gone up a little. But it almost seems like ballparks have approached airports as far as their uh, the craziness. A variety of factors, according to the Delaware North Sports Service president, and they do food management for 10 teams, a um, variety of factors go into determining the prices at each stadium, but at the heart of it, it's supply and demand. Yep, they got it. You want it, you'll pay for whatever it is. Because if you're at the ball game and you're thirsty, you're going to get a pop that's going to cost you a lot of money. You're going to get a beer that's going to cost you a lot of money, and you're not going to care. And if your kid's there, you know, you got to kids got to have something to drink, unless it's a place that'll let you bring in stuff, and most will not. Um, two six two says dollar hot dog and beer night at the Timber Rattlers in Appleton is the best. That sounds fantastic. I love that deal. Dollar hot dog night. I put away. You could do the. What would you'd have to do? Eighteen and nine for those prices, wouldn't you, Justin? Yeah, literally. You got Yeah, you got to up the nine at nine because that's nothing. Dollar hot dog and beer. Put some hot dogs away. Mm-mm. Um, price setting happens in the preseason, they said, but negotiations between both sides can last all the way up until the day before the season starts. 
Um, much of the pricing is collaborative between teams and food management companies. They set the prices. Some teams also have value games where the prices are cheaper. For example, the Tigers have $3 hot dogs on Tuesday instead of the normal price of six twenty-nine. And I know the White Sox would have days like that where you could get uh, hot dogs for a buck or a couple of bucks. So, And they don't usually change prices during the season. If the team does get a lot of really bad feedback and pushback, sometimes you know they'll change them a little if they're saying, well, people just aren't going to pay for this. And then I always love when they get the uh, they get the giant concession that costs literally an arm and a leg, where you're uh, you get these giant pretzels with eight sauces and they're thirty five dollars. It's like, oh man, it's not for not for uh, you know an every week kind of thing going to the game anymore. All right, let's do this. We got some more time, so we'll fill it up on WTMJ nights. Now more of WTMJ nights. Join Steve Scafidi to highlight the heroes around us who keep us safe. It's WTMJ's Salute to Service, presented by Educators Credit Union. Know of a serviceman or woman deserving of this award? Well, nominate them on our website, WTMJ.com. Fill out the form explaining why they deserve recognition. Registration stops May 12th, so be sure to get in your nominations. It's Steve Scafidi's Salute to Service right here on WTMJ. We're here for another few minutes, and then it's Brewers baseball. Uh, tomorrow's a big holiday. Justin, I don't know if you know this or not. It's not Mother's Day. That's a week from Sunday. Tomorrow is International World Naked Gardening Day. I don't oh. know if you'll be participating. Oh, my favorite. Yes, you get to get out there and get some sun, uh, plant your daffodils, get, your, uh, get everything ready. Yes, uh, it is a real holiday. It's been around since 2005. And its aim is to be lighthearted, fun, promote body positivity, and encourage people just to be one with nature. Yeah, but I don't want to use, you know, a shovel and a rake and uh, a tiller while I'm uh, sans ponce. Uh, but yeah, it's supposed to be nice weather tomorrow, so that would be fun. A recent study of the nation's 200 most populous cities ranked Houston ninth in the United States for gardening. Texas had a lot of the uh, of that, of... Good places for naked gardening. There's certain things I don't think you need to do naked. Um, well, most things I don't think. You know, gardening is one of them. I don't, you know, gardening. There's a naked bike ride every year. I saw a story today that one's coming up in Philadelphia. I know uh, Chicago has one. They uh, happen all over the country. I don't want to ride a bike naked. That just seems problematic just from a logistical standpoint. Doesn't seem like it would be a good thing. Um you know, it's like that old Seinfeld. There was that Seinfeld episode where his girlfriend was always naked and she was uh, fixing the bike or something. Just, uh, yeah, some things you shouldn't do. Gardening is, uh, yeah, gardening is one of those things. But if if you're so inclined, I know a lot of us like to putter around the garden. Uh, but, you know, I don't know if you want to have your putter out when you're gardening. But it's tomorrow. Tomorrow. Will you be, uh, will you be participating, Justin? I will not be. All right. Well, listen, that's uh, that's up to you. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't judge. I will be. That's so. Uh, so far, that's two things. We, we won't be watching the royal wedding. If you're keeping track at home, we're not doing anything tomorrow. We're not watching the the uh, coronation. Rather, we're not going to watch that, and we're not going to be participating in Naked Gardening Day. I don't know what we will be doing, but it sounds like we're missing out on the two big stories of the day. 
Maybe we'll go to an arcade like a 13-year-old boy in North Carolina. Um, but uh, hopefully it won't turn out that way. He got stuck inside a claw machine the other day. You know, those those claw machines? I've never won anything at one of those claw machines. I've seen people do it. I'm convinced. Uh, it's, I'm a master at it. Are you really? I am. Uh-huh. My brother's the, my brother's the true master. Like I I'm so really? serious. You can give him a dollar and there's an 80% chance he's coming back with the stuffed animal. What's the secret? I have no idea. Well, what's your secret? Well, what we would do is um it's a two-man job. So you got someone on the crane and then okay. you got someone on like the side glass, you know, trying to trying to make sure you're all straight and stuff. Yeah. Oh my! So you have a spotter? Oh yeah, yeah. Me and me and my brother were real, real wizards with this. Real good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that you wanted a hustle on the crane machine. <laughs> now, did you ever climb into one? No, but you know, we would uh, charge some kids five bucks. We go, hey, guarantee you. Why, why waste a dollar? Give us five, and we'll we'll make sure you get your wow. stuffed animal. Five dollars for a twenty-eight cent stuffed animal. Hustlers. You yeah, you guys are like uh, Paul Newman in The Color of Money. That's in, that's incredible. Very nice. Uh, well, this kid got in there. They don't know how. He tried to get his uh, stuffed animal. He was banned from the amusement park uh, for a year for attempted theft, but uh, he did get out. I'm fascinated by the fact that you ran a claw machine hustle. Now, th- that had to make your girlfriend very happy. Oh, this was... Because yeah, then wherever was, you would was... go, you could, win her, you could win her something. Exactly, right? Wow, the more we learn about you, Justin, the more fascinating you become. <laughs> we know you're a we know you're a degenerate gambler. We know you like to handicap basketball, and now we know that you and your brother are a terror to arcades because you can go in and clean them out of all their uh, cheap stuffed animals. <laughs> that is that's fantastic. Do you, it, was there anything memorable that you pulled out of there? No, but there was one time. This is how it all started. It was I got to I'll say this real quick before we get yeah. out of here. Um and my grandpa gave me a dollar once and he was so mad. Like he's he's not cheap, but he's good with his money. So he's just so furious. He's like, "Why am I wasting this money? Like you're going to come back with nothing." <laughs> Little did he know, me and my brother came back with something. So nice. a- after that, that was probably the best feeling. The best yeah, stick it to your grandpa gramps. feel it. Yeah, and then after Very that, nice. we just got hot with the crane. Hot with the crane. That's I love that saying. Uh, Justin's hot with the crane. Hopefully the Brewers will be hot with their bats. Uh, Brewers baseball coming up in just a couple of minutes here on WTMJ. I will talk to everybody next week. Justin, thank you for again uh, enlightening us on your personal behavior. Thank you guys for listening and being part of the show. Talk to you again next week. Have a great weekend.